brothers and sisters. We learn to welcome you to the After Church Podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to the After Church Podcast with Josh and Drew. And we have a special guest today, Jocelyn. Say hi, Jocelyn. Hi. Thanks. Nice. Somebody would say a little more than that. Hi, this is Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> was that good? Her phone message right there. <laughs> uh, Leave a message after the tone. I'm not in right now, but. <laughs> so, uh, wait, I kind of felt the need that we need some sort of ladies touch in this show. Yeah, we haven't had any been, ladies on. It's just been a man's world. Yeah, I know. It's about to change. <laughs> about All to of that change. is about to change. <laughs> All right, Jocelyn, what do you do? What's your, what do you do as a career or job right now? Just to kind of introduce yourself. I am working full-time at a title company. We do real estate closings. I'm the assistant. Right, right now, I'm the assistant to the head closer. Um, they're wanting to move me up to escrow officer, which I would actually be doing a real estate closing. So if you want to buy... Uh, a plot of land, if you want to buy a ranch, a house, commercial to develop, we close those transactions. Um, my side hustle, because every millennial has one, <laughs> is being a real estate agent. And real, real estate is really my life right now. So, so. That's, that's what you want to do, like that's your career aspect. That's my, yeah, yeah, long term. I like commercial, but commercial real estate, but right now it's residential, so yeah. Yeah. Awesome. How, do, how does one become a real estate agent for those who may be listening that are thinking about pursuing that field? Um, you have to sign up on, you can do online classes or you can go in. I did online classes because I was working full time and I'm, I, I prefer online. I think it saves a lot of time. So I signed up online. It's about $600 to do the course. It's a six month course. And um, like I said, you can do it on the computer and you do have a deadline. Um, you can finish before or you can finish right at the deadline. Um, and then you take a state and national exam. And if you pass, yeah. And you take them back to back. So when I went and took my, my test, you are in a cubicle for about an hour, however long it takes you to take the test. Yeah, yeah. So um, you take state and national. You hopefully pass. And then you get your license sent to you and you sign up. You have to be under a broker. So people think that I'm a real estate agent and the instant you get your license, you take off and go sell homes. Yeah, but you have to have a broker. You have to have a brokerage firm you're under. Right now I'm under Corey Properties and that is a small independent brokerage in Alamo Heights. And I prefer, yeah, I prefer smaller companies over the bigger ones. I feel like there's more attention to the agents. We run probably 17 agents so it's not a huge company and it's just getting started but it is a female broker and she's she's really really great but I live in the Alamo Heights area so that's why I chose to sign up with a broker in Alamo Heights because I live there they say to always market your neighborhood so I think that sounds it sounds pretty exciting that you're starting starting with a smaller group yeah as opposed to like one of these more like larger established firms you see the names all over the place because then there's potential to grow and just see Yeah, and I work with, uh, there are a lot of title companies that have a lot of locations, and I work with a small title company. They only have two locations, and it's in a small town, and I have 
two, we, we have about four attorneys in our office, two escrow officers. It's not a huge company, but the training is better because they're so attentive and it's not a lot of employees. And it's, so I, I got trained very well. I've only been there two years and they told me that within the first year I could have already been closing deals, but they wanted to give me enough time. Um, and then with um, signing up with a big company like Keller Williams, if you're a real, if you're aspiring, aspiring to be a realtor, whatever broker you go with is fine. I think you need to go with the broker that you feel like offers you what you need, what you feel like you need. Right. But going with Keller Williams or going with a small company like Corey, it's it's the same. You're an independent contractor. You're not going to sell more homes because you're with Keller Williams. You're only going to sell as much as you push yourself to sell. So, and then when you're when you're a realtor, people thought I quit my job, and that is not the case. When you're a realtor, you're working off commission. If you don't sell something, then you don't make money. So I kept my full-time job because if I am not selling a house and I don't have the big enough clientele, I'm not going to be making money and my electricity will probably be turned off. <laughs> so living on my own, not a good idea. Yeah. Well, that's cool though. I, I, I like the, uh, some of the, the images. I don't know if they're like listings or the homes that you put up on your social media Thank page. Thank you. It's like the uh, like really high-end, luxurious houses, like things I could I could only dream of ever living in. <laughs> and I don't do that on purpose. I, I do open houses, and people think that if you do an open house that that's your listing, uh -huh. but what you're trying to do is build up energy in your, I guess, your business. So you're trying to put yourself out there. You're trying to get people's attention. Mm -hmm. And so I list, I do these open houses because you are having people come in to someone else's. This is another agent's listing. It's not necessarily mine. Yeah. And so I just host an open house for you do it on a Saturday or Sunday or a weekday evening and you do it for a couple of hours and people come in and some of these people come in and they don't have a, they're not represented by an agent and so you talk to them they like you and then you hand out a card or you give out your email or they give out theirs and you just follow up and that's a potential client yeah. so it's all just prospecting and it's you know farming your area and trying to find business any way you can and there's other things to do besides open houses but I think if you don't have anything to do just do that so I do a lot of other things but yeah. Those are not my listings, so hopefully one day I will have a million dollar listing, but yeah. that was not mine, yeah. the one I hosted, so. <laughs> oh, I was like totally into it. I was like, man, that's <clears throat> one day, hopefully I can like uh, call on your service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, we're, for now, we're gonna have to like work on the south side area. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, here? no, no, because, because people see that and they think, oh, well, you just do these high-end properties, I'm not gonna go to you, but a realtor can do whatever they want. Yeah. Like, if you want a ranch, I can find you a ranch, you know, so. Cool. Yeah, you're not stuck, and that's what I like about being a realtor is you're not stuck. Yeah. You know, I could do an apartment or I can do a piece of undeveloped land, I and mean, it's fun. Well, I, I think it. you have to be creative as a realtor. Right? I mean, because oh yeah, not know. like people, I think always go into it knowing, thinking they know what they want. Yeah. And then they give you all these like qualities and characteristics. It's like there's no home that you can get at that price. <laughs> lower your standards a little bit help me out here but yeah I think I, I I like it too because when you sit down with someone and they're looking for something and you're able to I love San Antonio for one thing it's I love the city I love I, I moved here six months ago and I I just I loved it before and then now that I'm living here I just don't want to leave like I just like where I am and um it's really fun when you sit down with someone who like 
a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a couple from California and they don't know the area. And when you do, and you're sitting there with this couple and they're just so lost and they don't know what to buy and they don't know what homes are going for. And when you know the market and the area and you study it, which I don't know it as well as I could, but I, you know, you get online and you're going, seeing what homes go for. And you're, you're really advising someone on, an, on buying an asset. And that's fun. It's like being a financial advisor, but at the same time, you're a real estate agent. So I kind of look at it like that. Like, I am advising you on this investment. You know, I mean, technically, you're not supposed to do that because you don't have this license to. Um, you're not a financial advisor or licensed to be a wealth manager. But still, that's kind of what it is. That's how well, I look at it. Isn't the home, like, the single largest yeah. thing that... Investment or asset that you have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So better financial terms than I could have. Most monies you Hey. Sounds good to me. <laughs> we know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what appealed to you about real estate that made you want to go into it? Before I started at the title company, I was working temporarily as an assistant to a real estate agent. And she introduced me to um, a lot of what she did. And then she couldn't afford to keep me on. So after only a couple of months, I hadn't heard from this agent. And she said, sorry, I'm gonna have to let you go. I just, you know, I just called her. I was like, hey, I haven't heard from you. How's it going? And she's like, unfortunately, I can't afford to keep you on. So I lost that. And I was a babysitter at the time, and I was working for the little boy. His dad was a real estate attorney who owned a title company. And he, um, I told him his son was going back to school, and I was going to lose my summer job. And I told him, I'm going to go work. You know, I was applying. He asked me what I was going to go do, and I said, I'm just going to go apply to bank. And he said, why don't you come work for me? So he owns this title company, hires me as an escrow assistant. Had no idea even what an escrow assistant was. And then I got there and I was, I'm looking at loan packages and closing on homes and looking at real estate contracts. And then I just, I just got really into it. And, and I saw, I'm the behind the scenes of what realtors do. So realtors are out there marketing the home and they come in and close and they don't see the process, the behind the scenes process. So I kind of have an edge. I like to look at it like that. Yeah. I kind of have an edge on these realtors out there because I have brokers calling and they can't explain something. And when you can, you're like, oh heck yes. <laughs> you're like, oh, I could so do this. <laughs> so when I saw that I had this knowledge, I just wanted to cash in on it almost. Like people say, go for that. If you're, if you're approached with an opportunity, just go for it. And it felt really good. And I was not, before I got this job at a title company, I was considering college, but not really knowing what I wanted to go for. I've always been interested in, well, since high school, interested in business and um, like the economy. Josh knows that. Um, well, not the people listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forget that I'm talking to other people besides just y'all, but um, Anyway, so as I built up more knowledge of real estate, I was like, real estate's a broad, it's a very broad field. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can go anywhere. So I, if I don't want to do residential, I can go to ranches. If I don't want to do ranches, I could go to commercial. You can do development. You can do investing. You can work for a real estate investment trust, with it, which they call an REIT. There's so much, yeah. you know. So I felt like it was a practical decision. Um, a lot of people who are in real estate don't always have degrees. I want to eventually get a degree if that's necessary. Right now, me living on my own and building up my real estate business, it's not practical right now. But yeah, real, real estate, it's really interesting. It is. 
And so before I was going to be a food photographer, my mom was like, ah, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> She's like, you're better than that. <laughs> well, there's a whole art to it, man. Yeah, but once Instagram, I feel like once Instagram, you know, is no longer the thing, I feel like food photographers will no longer be the thing. So you need something long term. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, this is the day I've been waiting for. Instagram. Yeah. Well, check this out. <laughs> Hashtags. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> that's the thing that I worry for them is that like everyone that stakes their career on Instagram. On one thing. If Instagram just decides. Right. Like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, yeah, or YouTube. When IG, I mean, IGTV, it's going to completely demolish YouTube, I feel um, like. I don't know. Maybe that, that's so? my, I don't know. It's my opinion. They're very competitive. They are. Yeah, they now have a rival. So. Yeah. Well, they, I, the way they obliterated Snapchat. Oh I my gosh! Kind of like, oh, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted. Um, but yeah, like Snapchat, um, they just got obliterated by Facebook. Yeah. And I think there was an early opportunity for them uh, to get bought out, mm -hmm. which would have been more beneficial for them and their, mm -hmm. their company. But I guess they wanted to try it out on their own, and who knows where Snapchat's going to be in like yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, and Snapchat really—they haven't done anything different. I think if they did, I don't think do they does Snapchat even do live videos? I think they have. A few do they? I'm not. Even, I don't even get on Snapchat. I got on it, and then got off and got. Yeah, they do have better filters. Yeah. I mean, that's not really a main thing, but the filters are better. Well, that's what draws people in. The so, voice changer I mean, I think thing. They they probably spent too much time investing in that. Yeah. Rather than working on like the interface and mm -hmm. you know, formatting it like yeah. now Instagram is. Yeah, I I didn't think because Facebook did kind of did a story thing. And that didn't really go well. They tr they tried to copy well, Instagram. Facebook it didn't. Was, what was it called? Well, Facebook and Instagram are the same company. Yeah, no, I know. But for some reason, Facebook cannot do Instagram. It's almost like your your dad trying to be like yeah. you. Yeah, it's like your dad trying to be like you're like no dad, no, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Facebook and now the refugees are. Where did we go? Yeah, and now all the parents are on Instagram. Yeah. So now what are we gonna do? Yeah, MySpace is going to have a comeback. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's like an ex-girlfriend coming yeah. back. You're like, no, no, no. Gosh. No, I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm so obsessed with it. It's called Business Wars. Uh -huh. And I listen to Netflix versus Blockbuster, mm -hmm. uh, Marvel versus DC. Now I'm on Hearst versus Pulitzer, and it's the, the owners of the World magazine, or the World newspaper and the Times. Yeah. It is really, really good. It's narrated by one one man. He does all the voices and they do like the sound effects and everything. And it tells you about the conflicts between businesses and how they fight to stay alive. And then, oh, Nike versus Adidas. Mm -hmm. It is so good. And I have a long commute to work, so it keeps me interested. I don't like listening to music that much. It's like, makes me yeah. brain dead after a while. So yeah. I do listen to y'all's podcast too. So, oh, <laughs> I gave y'all five stars, yeah. remember that? <laughs> First reviewer. I was. Yeah. I was. And I'm the. Props, yeah. Right? yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But I think so, you, are, you are doing great. So tell us what we've all been wanting to know. What happened to Blockbuster? What <laughs> happened? They, they could not offer Netflix what Netflix offered cheaply. So they. What Netflix worked on their business. Netflix started in 98. Mm -hmm. So it's been around for a long time. They would send you DVDs. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you send it back. And then now it's all online. And they worked on, I don't know all the tech terms. So you don't know all like those assets and, uh, yeah. you know, stuff. I don't know all the tech you terms. Yeah. <laughs> so you can help me out here. That's, but the, the, what is it? The algorithms, they worked on those, mm-hmm. trying to pick up on what people really wanted. And they offered better. So Blockbuster wanted to offer what Netflix offered, but they couldn't afford it, so they just went under. And and um, Netflix did approach Blockbuster um, and, tr- and offered to buy them, yeah. and the CEO said no, and we're gonna try to push through it. And they, they did, there was different CEOs during that time. Um, but Netflix, and when Netflix offered to buy Blockbuster, they weren't doing good either. So Netflix was kind of just on the edge of making money. It's like those startups, you know, they're just barely making it, and all of a sudden, boom, it's like they're an overnight success. But I don't know, it just gives me all kinds of life listening to that. (laughs) I think it's exciting too, because, well, obviously, Netflix is a juggernaut now, right? And their biggest battle is fighting um, Hollywood. And um, like the mm-hmm. whole theater system, because mm-hmm. they have like this unique relationship between theaters and yeah. uh, studios. And so Netflix mm-hmm. comes to the scene and starts producing, you know, high end quality movies, right? And um, what are we looking up here? He's looking at Blockbusters. There's n- still some Blockbusters. Adam, Adam, the intern, is <laughs> yeah. looking at. There are Blockbusters. My God. There are still. Wow. Are yeah. they? Are those empty? Or are they? <laughs> you know who I'd be interested to know? Who owns Redbox? <clears throat> the, you know those little... Um, I always thought it was McDonald's, but... <laughs> yeah, convenience stores. <laughs> I thought they McDonald's started McDonald's. that, didn't they? McDonald's and convenience stores. Yeah. Redbox. I don't, I don't go to... Oh, I don't even know who that is. Wow. Apollo Global Management. Global. Sure they say to never put that into your this name of your company. Redbox, that global. What other Redbox is there? It could be a name of... Culture. Like Hallmark, yeah. Hallmark cards. Yeah. <laughs> we make red boxes exclusively. Nice. LLC is an American private oh, yeah, equity firm founded. In and they have like the do y'all do y'all do red red box at all? I don't. No. no, I don't. I did a couple of years ago. The yeah. same company who is over red box is over ADT security. Oh wow. Hmm. I don't know what that is either. It's the security yeah. system you put in your house. Oh, I don't have a security system. Yeah. I just have the old-fashioned yeah. <laughs> locks. It's like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a dog. Yeah. That's my security system. <laughs> I don't have a dog. <laughs> you have like a track playing in the background. Hold on, bro. <laughs> Stay back. Yeah. yeah. So the podcast was called Business Wars? Business Wars. Business Wars. Nice. And it's really good. I listen to a lot of business podcasts. They, they're very motivating. Also, oh, you like business? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I need to listen to more history, maybe. I just, yeah. unless it's like relatable to something I'm interested in, I won't pick it up. I, I, I really like the hardcore history podcasts. I, I need to listen to those because you talk about them all the time. I, I actually, I bought like the 49 old ones, um, like the MP3s like last Christmas mm-hmm. and I think it was the last week where I finished the last one and the last one was about like the Spanish-American War yeah. and it's just like stuff you had no idea about um, yeah check it out like I, I found out that um, I was really into history after 
Listen yeah. It's fascinating. And it's really, um, the pace is slow, and so he... That's hard he for me. Slow pace. You have to, to kind of pause and then come back to it. Like, I just yeah. listen to it in the car. Yeah. But, like, some of his episodes are, like, five hours long. Yeah, sometimes I, ca- I can't. I, I have to finish. Like, if, if my commute is about 45 minutes, so if I cannot finish the podcast, I probably will not go back. Yeah. I know that sounds really bad. It's very <laughs> ADD, but... Yeah. I just don't go back. And if I don't read through, if I don't breeze through a book, I can start three books at one time and not finish any of them. I know. And it's so bad. I know. Yeah, but I, I actually heard someone talk about this. I forget the guy's it name. It says a lot about your personality. Yeah. I know. It well, does. A business guy. just can't stay focused. Yeah. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> oh, perfect uh, point. Right? <laughs> Move the mic closer <laughs> to Andrew. <laughs> Lean back know. in your chair, Josh. <laughs> No, I was just going to say there's a guy that um, I guess he's like a business motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Tony Robbins, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> His teeth are so white. worse than Tony Robbins. Um, he does like a series, I think it was called uh, Boss and the Bentley. It's good. Nice. Anyways, um, he says that like the, the key to like extracting all from books is not completing books for the sake of completing books, but like there's yeah. obviously a point that the author is trying to right. get across. So if you get that, yes. like the first two chapters, there's no sense in yeah. spending your time completing it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and what I hated when I, because I went to private, I was off and on with homeschool and private school. And what, the, the thing I hated, and at the time, of course, you don't look at it like this because you're younger, but when the teacher would give you this paper and whoever reads it the fast, you're judged by how fast you can read mm-hmm. rather th- more by how fast you can read rather than how much you can retain. Yes. And so it put me in this like speed read mode yeah. and it's almost like trying to just finish a book instead of just absorbing the book. Yeah. And so I read, I recently read and I just like ate that book up and it's not because of who's president right now, but I read the art of the deal and I don't care who you voted for. That's a good book. Yeah. If you're into real estate, I got it because of real estate. And if you're into real estate, you need to yeah, read the art of the deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is some value. He has some Yeah. The guy has to have something going on. I mean, it may not be politics, yeah. but yeah. I mean, he's he, he's very when he speaks it isn't this snobbish way of talking about real estate like he's smarter than you. He doesn't talk down. He just keeps it very simple yeah. about you know, constructing a deal and talking to people and trying to get what you want by, but still giving that person what they want out of the deal. And it, and it's just really good. And I, I read that book in four days. It's just an easy read. It's really, really good. And I don't read a lot of fiction. Yeah. I don't, I think I I watch Marvel movies and that's close to like the closest to (laughs) non-reality, but I just don't read a lot of nonfiction anymore. It doesn't keep my attention because I feel like I'm very limited on time. So if I'm going to read something, I want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And that may be, that may be, yeah, that may be boring, but I don't know. I just don't read a lot of people find, you know, their entertainment in their interests. Right. So, I mean, if you're trying to learn something and there's Mm -hmm. something that's something you're passionate about. Yeah. That time flies yeah. just that doing that. Yeah. Gianna gave me the Lord of the Rings to read and I couldn't he he's too he he uh, I don't know. It's entertaining, but it's entertaining as a movie and the movie goes so fast and then don't if you're going to get into Lord of the Rings, read the books first because once you once you watch the movie, it goes so fast yeah. and I'm reading Lord of the Rings and I'm waiting for like all the action to start and it takes like four chapters. Yeah. It doesn't scale. Yeah. The good thing about watching a movie before he's definitely British. You don't have to imagine. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I, I know what Frodo looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's why so many people get upset in <laughs> the debate about, like, the books were always better. It's like, yeah, because your your mind populates mm-hmm. the characters mm-hmm. and you create You're, you're saying you like the you vision. better than something else. Yeah, I, I like the way I imagine Frodo over the who Frodo actually is in the movie, but whatever. I mean, to each his own. Yeah, yeah, and I never read comics, but I love Marvel. I love Marvel. Yeah. Like the movies? Yes, they're so good. They're yeah. so, and DC's not yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I'm sorry for DC lovers, but it's not so good. Yeah. It's so I bad. Don't think your DC lovers are on board. <laughs> I know they're like you're like, making us look bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's cool. No, I like how that um, Marvel was able to capitalize on that group because it was always a small demographic. People that were into comics, like it was mm-hmm. just a, it wasn't mainstream, but mm-hmm. they managed to make it mainstream. It was just for little America. kids, yeah. and now adults are going and non-comic book readers and people who've never heard of Captain America are in love with Captain America. There's conventions, so and then just on the business side of things, merchandising and licensing. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're just they're killing they it. Just buy well Disney, the parent company of Marvel. Oh, yeah. They bought 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like who's Disney out there anymore? <laughs> Disney owns Disney, the world. Uh, <laughs> Disney is like monopolizing entertainment. Yeah. You know, like who's the competitor? Like Sony? Is that the? I guess, Maybe. What, what's the competition? If you want to call him a competitor. Yeah. yeah what, what's the competition to Disney? I'm, ch- no, I'm having a. No. I would have said 20 Century Fox, but they own it now. Yeah. So yeah it's they like, own it. And then Pixar, they're still owned by Disney, or did they? Yeah, did they, they have a falling out? Disney. I thought they had a falling out, Mm-mm. and then I thought they joined, and then they didn't. Well, there was like a riff. At yeah, the point, but, yeah. Um, I think they solidified that now. Yeah, so but they're still, they, they, I think they would do better. AT&T just bought Time Warner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're seeing it all over the place. Uh, um, <clears throat> American Airlines and Continental merging to United. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, like the big fish eats the little fish. Yeah. Yeah. Walmart, you know. Yeah. Team Survival Mobile, of the fittest. I think just bought Sprint, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it was funny because a couple of years ago, AT and T wanted to buy T-Mobile, which the government like restricted. Yeah. Restricted because it became a monopoly. Yeah. 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 So the tables have turned. Well, see, Trump said he was going to fight it, and then. I mean, he hasn't spoken up about it. And it was already, they already merged time. I mean, AT&T had already bought Time Warner. But I think it's funny when people say, because before the argument was if AT&T buys Time Warner, they're going to raise prices and take advantage of the consumer. But if AT&T does raise the prices of their, what is it, cable or whatever you call it now, if they do, it's just going to drive away the consumer to other companies. Yeah. So I don't get, I don't get. The government bails out these big companies. And so they could just make dumb decisions like raise the price. Yeah, 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 right. So I, I think if the if the government stays out of it, those those bad companies, those companies who either try to take advantage of the consumer or they're not good at what they do, they're going to get wiped out anyway. So when the government, I'm very anti-government. I don't want like government hands off. Like you only come in when it's completely necessary. And the government yeah. just has their hands like a little snake, just like in everything, like octopus. It's just like their hands are in everything. It's so. Um, I read, uh, I think it was Milton Friedman, uh, famous like libertarian economist person. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually used an analogy for government's role and everything, especially in business. Uh-huh. Um, he says economists love analogies. You make a good economist. <laughs> you love analogies. Yeah. 
I do. <laughs> um, but government is like the referee, right? Uh huh. And if you watch, if you're into sports and you're watching like football, and uh, there's actually a while back where we had replacement referees, and we saw like how necessary good referees are, mm-hmm. especially when you get terrible ones. But you notice. You notice when the referees are not involved enough, mm-hmm. and that creates chaos mm-hmm. right. in a sporting event. And then, yeah. and then nobody likes it when the referees are too involved. Mm-hmm. Because that just it takes the fun. Not fun. Yeah. Who, exactly. wa- who wants to, you know, so who wants exactly, to do that anymore? That's exactly the government's role in business. Mm-hmm. Just be there enough to prevent chaos. And to keep not, everyone from killing each other. <laughs> so involved to where you take the... Uh, fun out of it yeah quote, uh, out of business uh, they take it out of con- comedy it's like political correctness and all. they're taking the fun out of everything it's mm-hmm. you know it's like I don't know that big brother that comes in and tells you you can't you know do something and you're just having a good time oh I'm sorry Andrew no it's like big brother little brother sitting right here oh. and I just said that <laughs> <laughs> that's when we would like you to start fighting <laughs> <laughs> no I, I agree with that and I'm not people are like oh you're a libertarian anarchist i'm not like that i'm not i don't believe that there shouldn't be any government but i think we have way way too much especially in business i mean it just i mean with with the whole tariff war i completely disagree with trump on tariffs oh my gosh it just it's just it's gonna hurt more than it's gonna help and Mm -hmm. it's like fighting fire with fire and it's not gonna put the fire out so it's gonna raise prices out yeah because walmart gets every all the goods yeah and and i i mean the just lower corporate tax or make it give these businesses and yeah he did but give businesses an incentive to stay don't you know i mean don't slap down on them and say you have to stay here um that's i don't like forced transactions no no well i think it's hard to sell labor in the united states it's just because these these corporations have figured out that labor is always going to be cheaper somewhere else Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem, and I think that's why. So I understand the logic behind why he's putting these tariffs in place because he wants the industry to come back. Mm-hmm. But he's living he's in an era. He's living in an era, though, that's not here anymore. No, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the wrong way to go about yeah. it. It's going to cause more rifts than it provide any solutions. Yeah, this is no longer the industrial revolution yeah, or yeah. steel industry. That was passed. Shortly before the Great Depression, I believe it's called like the Smoot-Hawley Act, where they where they did tariffs in other countries and that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm reading it might a. Might not be the sole cause. <laughs> yeah. I, no, look it up. I, I think I think there's something called Smoot, isn't it? I know <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you made that up, Josh. Let's. Yeah, yeah. H-A- yeah. Two words. Two words. Two words. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> right, hey, be nice to the, the intern. He might go to the government and complain. <laughs> the second yes, search so entry the was Tariff Act of 1930. Oh, so this was uh, the crash. Reed Smoot and Willis Hawley. Uh-huh. Um, commonly known as the Smoot-Hawley Tariff uh, was an act implementing protectionist trade policy sponsored by Senator Reed Smoot and Representative. See, I, I actually know my stuff, people. Right. We never said you didn't, Josh. Y'all, y'all said I was making it up. No, it just sounds it, it sounds funny. funny. It sounds I funny. Smoot Holly. Yeah, we had to throw some. Yeah, we. Had to. I guarantee you that did not help bring them out of the Great Depression. No, no, and they were. I'm reading a book too. It's about socialism and how it doesn't work, and it was talking about during the New Deal. During the New Deal, um, they would burn 
piles and piles of oranges in California just so that the prices they were trying to help farmers so they were trying to help the industry the agricultural industry and they would burn oranges so that there was a low supply high demand prices shot up and they thought that was going to help the economy oh my gosh the government is just prices dictate yeah yeah just just natural free market i don't know i i completely fell in love with economics in high school i picked up a book it was about um a business is about business cycles and in that time i was in high school i was living in a small town and we were going through a boom bust cycle um our town just went through this like oil boom and they were building buildings and they were bringing in workers and all of these companies i mean just hotels going up everywhere and as i'm reading this book i think that's what clicked with me with economics and and like business and everything was as i'm reading this book everything's happening around me and so i read this book and i of course i sped read through it you say that speed read sped read sped read read? that sounds funny speed read speed read (laughs) i can't even talk um but I, I read through it really fast and at first I was like, oh, that's a good book. And then as I'm, I went back for some reason and I started reading and I don't know, that's just what clicked. And I, I just, I, don't, I just like to talk about that all the time. Mm. So like Zach and Josh and Anthony like to talk about Jordan Peterson and psychology. And I'm just like, ah, I'm just like, I'll leave now. <laughs> no, I, I like some good economics. I actually haven't talked about economics in a while until today. <laughs> Cause I'm here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually a very neat book. Um, called Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell. Mm-hmm. I encourage I have that book. to check that book out. Yeah. It is, is it um, Economics, Facts, and Fallacies or Basic Economics? It's just Basic Economics. Okay, because I have and the Economics, Facts, and Fallacies. If you feel like you didn't learn anything in high school, just go ahead and pick that book uh, up. And then, yeah. And it, it's big. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it takes a bit to get through. Um, it's, it's a fairly decent read. It's like yeah. the jargon isn't going over my head yeah i think another book and it's for people who think this is when abigail lira she wanted to she thought she wanted to go to school and get into economics and so i gave her a book and i said here read this it's um economics in one lesson by henry hazlitt and if you just want to understand basic economics and and just get the gist of it that's the best book and it's not even it's not even that long it's not as long as yeah basic economics yeah basic economics it's heavy it's heavy so the Henry Hazlitt one I is think, a lot is easier. And yeah, and it, it's just very simple. It's like just simple lessons in economics, and I I breeze through that book, um, and that's for anyone just wanting to understand. Yeah. And it's important for people to understand that. Yeah, that especially when you're voting. Gosh, exactly. how many times are we sitting through presidential debates and then they start bringing up numbers and statistics? Yeah, and you have to. Yeah, that's what makes the world go yeah. round. I mean, and then the only people that are there are like people that read books. You know? Yeah. I wonder what this mm-hmm. what Hillary mm-hmm. is going to do about the economy. Yeah, and I think it's sad too that a lot of young people don't really put that much thought into that. They want to go vote and they want to stand up for something and they want to argue with you, but they don't really have all the facts. And so they go vote and they think they're voting for freedom and liberty and America and yeah. what we stand for, and they don't really. They're not. Yeah. I mean, a majority of them aren't. Like, they like voting for. Uh, <clears throat> I, I hate to say they. I think us young people. We're more geared to make an impact right away, and so we vote for temporary solutions. Right. Yeah. Right. But we're, for some reason, we just been misguided to be short-sighted. Yeah, and it's a lot. I think it has a lot to do with public education. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the problem is, is politicians never want to uh, uh, stand on a policy that is short-term 
hurting, mm-hmm. short-term painful, but in the long term, yeah. it's good. Because they want to do as much as they yes. can in the four years or eight years yes. they're there. So to get yeah, yeah. Like economics mm-hmm. is about They want to do short-term fixes long-term. with long-term yeah. problems, yeah. yeah. And it, I think, you and know. It never happens. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah. And everything has, all bad policies have good intentions mm-hmm. because of that very thing. Yeah. Like, hey, well, let's help. It's helped this, but nobody considers the long term. Right. Yeah, of what the effects are going to be. Yeah, that's. And that's why I think, uh, um, like, we should have some term limits, so people are not like trying to stay in forever and constantly push mm-hmm. short-term solutions to yeah. long-term problems. Yeah. You know. But gosh, I'm so glad we don't have a monarchy. Yeah. I would hate to have Queen Elizabeth forever. I don't like her. <laughs> Exactly. Like I was watching the show The Crown. Check it out. I I don't like the crown. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it in New Mexico. It. I was bored. I enjoyed it. Um it's just the thing of it is it's like the the Queen does nothing. Like it, it's actually kind of sit laughable. there and look pretty, How Liz. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of laughable and it's hard for Americans to understand. Uh, but to the to the Brits, there's a like a sacred identity involved. Like they maintain the British identity by having. They're very proud. Yeah. They're very proud about. Yeah. Them. So they don't care if it doesn't work. They just want to keep it because that's what they've always done. It's <laughs> it's the idealist yeah. side of the British people. Yeah. Well, isn't that it like appeals to? Pragmatically, the way it works right now, isn't it that it's just the the prime minister basically served as kind of like the presidential role equivalent mm-hmm. yeah. in the United States. So like it's yeah. just a the big kahuna that she holds. Yeah, and, and they just uphold this whole system. Like, yeah, system of like royalty because it's their identity. Yeah, you know, and it gives them some like austerity. I really wouldn't want to live in England. I just wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, I, I would like Ireland. Those people have a lot of spirit. Gosh, those people are just oh, like when when Apple was there, when the company Apple was there, and uh, they were bringing jobs, and the EU interfered and said that Apple was that they had to pay a higher corporate tax, and Apple was going to leave. Those Irish people, God, they can know how to put up a fight. They're just they have a lot of spirit. I like Irish people. Yeah. It's really pretty. Now we're not going to get any Irish listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you just insulted all the Irish people. Yeah. Well, if people see me, they know that I'm pretty much Irish. Are you? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Scotch I just thought Irish. Zach was. Scotch-Irish. <laughs> oh. I think he's more German than anything. Really? I have German, Russian, Mexican... Polish. I have a lot in me. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was a uh, thanks. <laughs> wow. I have a Polish personality and a Mexican last name. <laughs> Basically. A Polish personality. What does that even entail? Like you're, you're Polak, like no, Polak is like <laughs> very funny. <laughs> no, people always say it's it's like those um, stubborn and hard-headed part of me comes out. You know that German in me i don't know mm-hmm. that kind of european yeah, just, yeah yeah i'm a german with a mexican last name so <laughs> basically it, so, it sounds like you think the mexican last name is just an inconvenience to you it doesn't really go with jocelyn jocelyn mendez jocelyn mendez <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to change i wanted to change my last name 
to my mother's maiden name, which is Stonish. That's very Polish. Well, or you know, there is a solution to changing your last name, right? Mm, yes. You need to find a man. Yeah. I'd be like, what's your last name? Does it go well with mine? Because this isn't going to work if it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would not do that. Oh, you do the hyphenated name? Oh, I love that. I really like really? that. Yeah. yeah, it sounds so your, uppity. Keep uh, your maiden name and then, and then your husband's name? Yeah. Like what? Jocelyn Stonish. I don't know. Think of something. Stonish? That's my well. That's my mother's maiden name. That's the name. That's the last name I wanted to take on. It cost two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. <laughs> I check my budget. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. No, it is too late, or it isn't it? It's never too late, Josh. <laughs> Come on. What a downer, man. I want to take you know, my name right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like Della Rosa. Yeah, it's actually Keep cool. it. I like it. Yeah. I had an English teacher that he translated it and shows how much I don't even know my own like heritage sometimes. He's like, Andrew of the Rose. And I, did, I didn't answer for the long Oh, really? That's all, that's all I think of you as, is Andrew of the Rose. Yeah, I didn't even know. I was just like, oh. It's like instantly when I, when I first met you and I heard your last name. It just means it's very old Spanish, old Mexican. Like when you say Josh, son of what's your dad's name? Mike. Mike. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah, so it's it's like the family of the Rose. Yeah. La familia de la Rosa. I looked up the, uh, our family crest. Like there's a website that like looks up like a um a, his, a brief history of your family's name where it originates and so like yeah, that was our our whole identity yeah like of the rose and the manner of the rose or right whatever the case may be yeah and so, i mean i don't have anything cool. like that yeah astonish i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that means look it up <laughs> familycrest.com i don't know if anyone's ever tried this yeah I, there's it's actually the johnston name there's actually a family crest for johnston in scotland and uh, i have a couple of friends that went to scotland and brought me back a keychain with the johnston family crest Nice. Well, cool. Nice. Yeah, the first one. Custom made. So like, uh, me and my dad really want to go to the UK. Just kind of visit the land of people. I really want to go to Europe, but. What do you? Say? No, no, no. S T A. We're looking up. N U S H. Stanish. You don't have to do the first name. Yeah, you don't have. Yeah, because I don't. I don't exist no, in that. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Doesn't exist. Oops. Yes, yeah. That looks Polish. <coughs> Dude, I'll have to guess that's it is, I promise. It even like shows you like okay. history uh, like um, famous people. Oh wow. That's a lot to read. Yeah. Old Castile. Aww. Oh, Spain. Aww, I couldn't say it with that that accent Espana. as good as <laughs> I do have some Mexican in me. Yeah. Just, just it's there. To, I've been trying to learn Spanish online, and uh, <coughs> I, Stone. I, I embarrassed myself. It's not Rosetta Stone. It's just some other online program. That was what is it called? Uh, Babylon. Babel. Babel. B a b b e l. Mm. But the problem was, is like I embarrassed myself because I tried to talk to some of my Mexican friends, and yes, they are Mexican. I'm not like generalizing the Hispanics. <laughs> 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 so, Hispanic. I yeah. try to talk to them. They're Hispanic. They're like, 
what in the world are you saying? I was like, oh, uh, oh, are you trying to learn Spanish? I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you're, we say it differently in Mexico. Yeah. I'm like, Sorry, oh, I don't speak Portuguese. Well, like, I live in South Texas. The whole point was for me to, you know, be bilingual. And yeah, be but don't lower your standards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, but I hear some people speak Tex-Mex, and it just... Castilian Spanish, though. I mean, in South Texas... It's so pretty. And when you go to San Marcos and you hang out the outlets, it's it's proper Spanish. And I can understand them. I can't understand these Tex-Mex people. I'm like, what? Like, como se dice? I have no idea what you just said. I like it. I, I took Spanish in high school, and it's Pimsleur, and I taught myself. And that is the best language learning program. I still do it. So to keep myself into it, um, I do uh, Pimsleur on the way to work. That's another thing. Oh, are you going to look up what I said? I, how do you say? Como se dice? <laughs> no i'll text the I, i'll text the liras in spanish so we will correspond in our texts in spanish oh, and cool. it takes a long time but it really helps me to know if you see it on a billboard or if you see it on a like a flyer or something you 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 can you have you're forced to spell the word out mm-hmm. so then you know how it looks and you know what that word is because sometimes you think you know how it's spelled and then you go to type it, and he, like what he just did, and it's way, way off. So yeah. it helps me to. Yeah, like an idiot, I took three years of French <clears throat> in high school. I just wanted all the pretty dance team girls. <laughs> so I just was like, oh, okay, I'll take it. I haven't picked up any hot Spanish guys <laughs> with my Spanish. So no hot Spanish soccer players. Yeah. Foot, football. <laughs> it didn't work. I'm just, just white guys. <laughs> they like my Spanish. <laughs> Um, are we talking relationships? <laughs> we can. What? What are, what are we having? We have a topic. Do we have a topic? Are we we've come we've come all this way without a topic. We're just random, um, mm-hmm. rambling. It works. I think uh, last time we talked, I think you you had you said you had some thoughts on like the feminist movement, right? Or feminism? Or yeah, yeah. We can talk about feminism. Yeah. Right. My mom, I told her, she, I said, Josh and Andrew are going to have me on their, <laughs> Josh and Andrew are going to have me on their podcast and I'm going to talk about feminism. And she just goes, ugh. And I said, mom, I'm not, I'm going to, I'll be good. You know, I'm not, no, I'm not. your thoughts. We want your thoughts. Well, for one, for the record, I'm not a feminist. And everyone, not everyone. Right, so people think I'm a feminist. Do y'all think I'm a feminist? We have to, we have to start. <laughs> What does feminist mean? Like, what is it? I have no idea. I I can tell you what feminist means to me. Okay. What does it mean to you? It's like really mad women. (laughs) (laughs) Like really angry women that you guys would not want to date. Really, except like Kevin Trudeau, maybe. Feminist movement, like in the very beginning, like the original. Figured it was good. They were a little more mild. They were white and looked really pretty. Women to vote, you know. Yeah, they they had good good intentions and it it evolved in some yeah it morphed into a monster and now like wouldn't you agree that now it's kind of about women and men are the same yeah like men like don't have to do these things for women or women should be head of the house and yeah uh, just stuff or down the patriarchy they're doing something now it's totally disgusting yeah it's it's really really gross it's it's on instagram women as as a women's empowerment thing are 
<laughs> this is so gross. They're growing their underarm hair out and their leg oh. hair to show that like we're women and we can do what we want. Yeah. Okay, you That's can you can do that. that. You, go ahead and like yeah. knock yourself out. I think it's yeah. disgusting and you're never going to get guys. So, you know. But who decided how women get guys? That's I think that's what they're coming. I think from. it's just to be attractive. I mean, come on. I mean, that's what it boils down what to. Coming from is that men decide what women have to do to attract them. No, no, and we that, do. And that men. We do because these girls cake on makeup, and then the guys like, I don't think you look different without it, or I don't think you have to wear all that. And girls are like, but I thought you said I had to wear this, and so we do. Yeah, look, look, yeah. look. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good response, Adam. He's shaking his yeah. head. No, but you know, girls. Yeah. I feel like they have to dress a certain way and they feel the pressure and that's not really what guys want but they they they've done that to themselves I feel like and maybe there are guys I mean there maybe there are a handful of guys or whatever I don't know but maybe there are guys like there who out there who like all the cakey makeup I don't know well but. there was a surprising <laughs> thing I had heard once that um, it was an argument um, between uh, men and women um, I forget the, the stage but basically the man was saying like you don't have to wear all the makeup because it's like this notion that like you say that you're you're more caring compassionate like i like you just as you are and the the woman just like blurted out just like angry it's like who who thought that or how in the world did you think that i was doing this for you it's like this isn't for you and like this is whole new movement of women that are like this is for me and i think if a lot of women were honest mm-hmm. that dude they, they caked on makeup mm-hmm. like it's something about the way they perceive themselves yeah it's about mm-hmm. self-image so it's not so much for the purpose of uh, attracting a man yeah but like they have it's you know it's become its own art form yeah you know? I, I don't think I don't think girls wear makeup just to attract I don't think so yeah like, I don't think girls just wear makeup to attract the opposite sex well, I, mean, I think on this, uh, I, I think girls just like to they girls to like to get dressed up down along the line for you to carry out a look well, I think, but I think uh, what Adam said, in case y'all didn't hear him, was uh, he said that someone had to tell them to wear makeup before it started becoming a trend, right? Mm, yeah, maybe. Like, I mean, they put on makeup. I don't know the history of makeup. Because somewhere down along the line, someone had to, have to say something for you to, to personally feel insecure and then want to put, and want to put yeah, on makeup. It's yeah. Not, it's not for the purpose of you. It could be. To attract. Person said something. Okay, I think it. I think it starts further than that because I think makeup is cultural. I think. Yes. They're, they're, you know. <laughs> so is underarm hair. Put, <laughs> put makeup on the little girls. Oh, how successful that was. Okay. Uh, so I think it starts. I think it starts in early childhood, and then it just becomes normal. Um, but I think it's hilarious because I think filters on Instagram and filters on Snapchat have become the new makeup. Right. Yeah. Why put on makeup when you could just take a picture of yourself with a fairy filter? <laughs> there really are a lot of girls makeup. now, though. Yeah. They're going makeup list. I mean, look at the celebrities posting mm-hmm. selfies without makeup. I think that's yeah. a great trend. Yeah, I think it is, I too. It makes you it makes you feel comfortable. At least I am. Yeah, yeah, I think most men would agree that that's the case. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's this argument that, um, that goes back to the makeup thing. It's, it's a whole industry that's keeping women sucked into that mentality that you have to look a particular way on the surface it's because you want to look attractive or you want to look appealing to the other sex Mm -hmm. but then uh, ultimately deep down what they're tagging at is your insecurities yeah like i don't like this about myself yeah so i'm gonna cover it up exactly some contour some bronzer yeah yeah Yeah. i don't think feminism is like 
rooted in like makeup. No, like no, we just got um, off on that topic. Yeah, we just. What about feminism's view on like the household? Because the traditional, and I would also say the biblical model of the household is man is the head of the house we're at least trying to provide for the family Mm -hmm. and then uh the female the wife um, their primary task is taking care of the kids and taking care of the house Um, is that really though i mean the biblical role is that the woman does not overstep the man's leadership because that's putting it out of order but the bible does not say that a woman stays at home Look at Proverbs 31. She bought and sold a field. She, she went to the markets. Yeah. Really she was involved in, in commerce. Uh-huh. And I think that's a very closed-minded... Um, I think the Bible is a lot more open-minded than people think. Yeah. And and it's a lot more open to different cultures and, and different ways. Because God knew when the Bible was written that culture was changing. Culture was going to change. It wasn't going to always be we're living in tents and wearing turbans, you know. I mean, it was going to change and we were going to progress. And I think the Jews wore turbans. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Turbans sorry. just sounded okay. Uh, what did they call the little thing? Hat? They, don't, they didn't wear that either. <laughs> Whatever. Robes. Pajamas. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but I, I don't, maybe this is just my opinion, but I'm going to throw it out there, is I do not think the Bible was saying that the, the proper role of a woman is just to stay at home. I think it's just don't, don't overstep um, your position. You know, be be respectful of who is taking care of you, or be respectful of the man that you're with, or you know, or respectful of men. Period. Your dad, your 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 brother. Because I mean, guys, I've heard guys say that women have more power than they think they do just by being female with a guy. So you're 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 feminine. You have your feminine, you know, your female input. And, and you have more, not con- oh, I'd say control, but you have more influence on a guy than we think we do just by playing our role. So we feel like if we step out and, and are like men, that we're more powerful. I think we're more powerful staying who we are. Mm-hmm. I think we're more powerful. I think you become weak when you try to change. I think you become more uncomfortable in your role when you try to be like somebody else that you were not born to be. So, um, I mean, that's my input on that. But I also think that with culture changing, with with our nation changing, with America changing, and I mean, culture everywhere, really, I I really do believe there are going to be a lot, there are a lot of homes where both go to work. Um, not, that's not always the case. And I think it's sad because of high prices and because rent's so high and because groceries are high and, you know, taxes. Um, the woman is sometimes forced. And I think that's sad that if a woman wants to stay home, she can't because of finances. Yeah. Um, I do think that's really sad. Um, but I also think that if you want, I, I, I get upset with the feminist movement because if I want to stay home, I can stay home. Yeah. I should not be pressured by you to go out on Wall Street 
and flex my muscles in front of all these guys and and push my career if that's not what I want to do. So I think it's all boils down to choice. If I want to go out there and I want to make a million, then I can make a million. If I want to go out there and become a CEO and work my way up the ladder and sacrifice my family for my career, or maybe girls don't want to get married and they'd rather pursue a career or they wait until they're 35, that's your choice. And I also think that women who stay at home and they have families and they have children and they're full-time mothers should not pressure girls who are trying to pursue a career. And there's a lot of it's really very um, petty the girls can be extremely petty I'm sorry for the females listening they really we really can be and we can put so much pressure on girls and say oh you got married at 21 well I'm out here pursuing a career and you're married and you're stuck at home if that's if that's what she wants to do that's completely her choice so with feminism it is not about going out there and proving yourself because if you're a girl and you're out there on Wall Street just to prove something to someone and you're not out there because you love it, you're going to get burned. So with anyone, if you're out there just to prove a point and you're not passionate about your career, you're going to hate it, especially Wall Street. (laughs) I mean, that's tough. That's really tough stuff. But um, there should not be this. And when they say not enough women are on Wall Street, that's because women are not choosing to be on Wall Street. It's not because they're, pu- maybe they, I don't know, maybe they are pushed off Wall Street, but I listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts, like I said, and there's this one called Boss Files, and it's um, hosted by a CNN um, talk show host. Her name is Poppy Harlow. And if you listen, she interviews a lot of women. I don't like how she tries to steer the whole interview towards feminism and the feminist movement and how these women are in these big positions because they're trying to prove that women can be whatever. A lot of these women that she interviews... Um, they say they did not experience um, discrimination. And a lot of these women said that their environment was very supportive, not all of them, but a lot of these women did not experience sexual harassment. And a lot of these women, their men were very supportive of their career. Um, So I do believe, and I work around, majority of my, like, my my work is a lot of men, and I don't experience that. I think men are very, there, there are different types of men out there, and there are some men who prefer their, their wives to stay at home, but there are men who are very supportive of girls having careers. And I just, I don't understand where the feminist movement comes from. I think people, I don't know where these girls get, I think it's, they want to stand for something or feel like they're, they're fighting for something, or maybe yeah. they're angry at some male out there, I don't know. Yeah, well, if you look at the, I think where this emerges from, this is current wave of feminism, is you look at the surface uh, value or the surface statistics that are drawn out. And then the way people frame it, you know, they look at like the inequality in pay, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Josh could probably attest to like how um, this has been misconstrued by the media. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people say that women get paid like so many cents less than men. Mm-hmm. And when you just see that at the at surface value, mm-hmm. um, it just seems like such an injustice. And, and this yeah. current environment in the last couple of years, like last decade, everybody wants to feel like they have some sort of um, like ethical backbone. Like they, mm-hmm. they want to stand for something. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so they find something to latch on to. And it becomes so intrinsically part of their identity mm-hmm. that it's hard to um, start, you know, impulting in, 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 in imparting your own logic. Yeah, yeah. The situation and actually thinking through uh, yeah. critically. Yeah. On what you're, what you're contemplating. Yeah. You know, because you can saying. be passionate about something that's a lie, you know. Yeah, and, and I think at some point, yeah, it, it, you you recognize that it's a lie, 
um, but you're you're willing to progress the the movement mm-hmm. forward over the actual um, facts. The actual facts, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's honestly my opinion. Why we're at where we're at, mm-hmm. because um, like I said, everyone just wants to erase out injustice. Yeah, yeah. That's just a you know, like it's a common part think of there are industries that treat women unfairly. Yeah, there are. I mean, there's always instances of whatever you want. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's also instances of disparity with, without discrimination. They're like, discrim- dis- uh, disparity and discrimination are not like one and the same. Like you can have a disparity between men and women in a certain field, and it not be due to discrimination. Yeah. 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 It could just be it your work interests. ethic, or yeah, yeah, right. I mean, a, a woman. Dro- yeah, a woman drops out of Wall Street because she loses interest or maybe it's too competitive for her personality it's not because someone pushed her out because she's a woman i mean you you have to know the backstory and you can't i mean the media just misconstrues stuff because they make money off of it and and so i mean they're really affecting people's minds in a very negative way and um you know professors at college whatever so i do want men and women to be paid the same yeah, I, me too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> the Me Too movement. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Well, Me Too is about sexual harassment. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I think they convolute the two things together, right? Because obviously there's no person that like endorses that. Obviously we, want, mm-hmm. we don't want that to be the mm-hmm. case where harassment is prevalent. Yeah. And I think in most instances it's not, but because mm-hmm. it's brought to the forefront mm-hmm. by media, people latch on to that mm-hmm. and that becomes the identity of our yeah. culture. Yeah, so it's like, it's the minority, not the majority, but yet they want to emphasize what happened to four women, not 50,000, you know. But, I mean, I I posted on, I think Josh always jokes, because th- there's a thing on, on Bumble, Bumble Biz, and it's be the CEO your parents always wanted you to marry. And I, I post that, anytime I'm pushing work ethic on my Instagram or on social media or I'm posting something about a woman accomplishing something I post about men who like Jeff Bezos or uh, Elon Musk or you know these 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 owners of companies that do make a difference in the world but also women who are making a difference so I posted that on Instagram and her comments of you're a feminist, aren't you? Or are you a feminist? Or that was such a feminist statement or whatever. And it's not, I don't come from that point. I just, I come more from the encouraging side, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if if I'm there posting, it's because I'm encouraging my, my female friends or whatever that you can accomplish something. And I see girls who feel pressure to not be something because... I, girls do feel pressure to not be something because they're afraid that they're going to scare a guy away is well he doesn't like me because i'm too independent and so they want to back off on their personality and i see that and and i also see girls who don't believe in themselves because they look around they say i don't see a girl around me who's accomplished that and so it's more when i put it out there it's not because i'm trying to push a feminist movement it's because i'm just trying to encourage women and girls i know that you can accomplish something and if you just work for it and 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 stuff like that and if you want a career go after it because there was a point in my life when i backed off on my career because i felt like um I was wrong. I felt like um, like being at home, I would be serving 
better just being at home and staying with my kids and I didn't see how having a career and having a family could both be combined and I was very very much ever since I was 10 years old like girls dream about what dress they're going to wear on their wedding day I did not so like from 10 years old I was trying to decide what to do with my life and all I remember is like I would lay in bed and literally imagine my life when I was in my 20s or 30s of like pursuing a career I could I, I was I was trying to envision myself in all these like lawyer or architect or whatever and I would imagine myself being like in this new I mean of course you're little and you have these big dreams but I, I imagine myself living in this huge New York apartment on Fifth Avenue and like it was yeah. me and I was making like I was like making bank but <laughs> so like that was me at 10 and then like things happen and you kind of you know like you never know what life is going to throw at you and so life threw some punches and I just got off course and I'll never ever forget Josh knows this conversation I'll never forget um going to Bishop Jackson and talking to him and we were meeting on something completely different a different topic and he sat down with me and he said so tell me about yourself you know you haven't talked about yourself and we were talking about a different individual and um I was just telling him uh, he said you're not gonna go to college and you're not what do you what do you what are you interested in and and I re- remember telling him I said and this is the, the the part that stood out to me the most what he said and I, I told him I said uh, I'm just not a career woman and he points his long bony finger at me and he says you told yourself that God didn't tell your, you that mm. That was really like it hit me and I was like wow I did like my fear and my insecurity spoke to me over what I actually wanted to do. So everything that I desired to do and really was passionate about, I put on the back burner because it was insecurity and it was fear and it was a sense of I'm being, I told him, I said, I felt like I'm being selfish because I really love this. I could see myself being like all in. And, and so then he encouraged, he said, I want you to pursue a career. I want you to put yourself in that position to, you know, succeed and what you love the most. And there's no, you should not be ashamed and you should not feel guilty about and really loving something so um it's just it it hits home when I see other girls who are discouraged maybe by their circumstances because my dad left when I was six um grew up and my mom basically took care of us and we were you know we were in and out like we, we moved around a lot like I said I was homeschooled private school just in and out and there was just a lot of stuff and anytime divorce happens it's a mess it is it's just a mess it's not anything that anyone should ever go through but um anyway but uh it was just growing up in the not the best environment and it it could have been worse of course people grow up in worse environments but when i see girls who are discouraged um when i see girls who grow up and they don't have that support of maybe a male who can take them to their work or maybe their mom struggled financially and she just took whatever job she could or maybe they can't afford college i my heart does go out to them and so that's why i put that stuff out there and that's why maybe people think you come across as very strong career driven woman um, I do it because I love it, and I also put it out there because of my compassion for other women, you know, and other girls is my main drive. So, yeah. so I think this is an important question that that I think a lot of guys ask for uh, when they're considering who to date, mm-hmm. and like I think a lot of females would ask themselves this too: is like, how do you reconcile being a career woman but also being a good mom? Like, a, does one give way to the other? Is there a way to maintain like a Do you sacrifice? Like, does one, does one have to give way to another, basically? Ask me in 10 years. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I could say, I could say that what I, I mean, personally, what I look for because I want a career is, I look for a guy who's first supportive, and not not selfishly like you need to support my career, and I don't really care about yours. We both need to be on, we both need to be in agreement that he he's supportive and he's going to be there. So I think it's teamwork. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have kids and I'm I'm like, hey, I have to run to the office or I have to go do this, and he's like, hey, I'll take it from here. You know, um, I think it comes as being a team. Um, and then also I think we overdo the whole work-life balance thing. I mean, that stressed me out for the longest time was trying to balance everything. I'm like, okay, I have to exercise and I have to study and I have to go to work. And when I come home, I have to make sure I run to the grocery store and do this. And we all want to feel super balanced and super like centered and like, you know, and it's just not going to happen. I mean, you're going to drop the ball on something. So I don't look at it like, oh my gosh, how am I going to perfectly balance my career and my family, my husband and all of that stuff. Um, I don't really stress about that. And I don't, I don't lower my standards um, because I feel, I feel like girls need to really understand who they are before they get married. This is completely my opinion. Some girls, they, they, they become who they need to be when they get with someone. And some girls need to become who they need to be before they do. Yeah. Me, I had to become who I needed to be. I had to understand fully who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, because you could get into a relationship and completely change yourself for him and then you look back and you're like, oh God, I wish I had waited. And I'm glad that I understand where I'm going because then I'm looking for that in a guy. Um, I, I don't want to pull a guy down who maybe we're attracted to each other or he wants to date or I want to date him, but he wants to stay at home mom full time. And he's like, I just, want, I just want her to stay at home. I'm like, well, that's not me. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't think uh, both parties in the, that want to date should but strict parameters. Yeah. People, I think. Yeah. Being unrealistic and yeah. being naive. Honestly. Yeah. Um, it's not until you actually date a few people where you realize, oh. You understand what you works and what doesn't. Yeah, you have to kind of leave some wiggle room for right. people's flaws. And stuff. Yeah. No. Right. Um, it's just, but again, I. I think, to be say you were a CEO, mm-hmm. then you got married, mm-hmm. then you had kids. Do you step down from being a CEO to spend more time with your kids? I know a lot of women who have. Um, women who've put their career on hold for kids. I think it depends. Um, right now, Ivanka Trump is doing pretty good. I mean, she has how many kids? Four. Yeah. And she hasn't put anything on hold. But there are women who feel like they need to. Um, I I don't know. I would think I would have to. I, I think I would have to know the situation. Like, I, if, if I put my career on hold, I would just have to be there in that moment and feel like I know what's right at that moment. Yeah. I don't think you can predict that far in advance. I'm assuming you actually want to have a family. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like every godly person should strive to have a family. Have a family. Yeah. But I mean, you I just gosh, I, I girls should not rush it. I mean, there there is so much so much you can do to enjoy your 20s and I think some girls panic and they just rush and and they don't really enjoy I mean it's all just being present in the moment and really seeing the benefits of what's happening in your life and I'm single um 23 years old and I'm I just it's not like I'm some bachelorette and I'm like oh my gosh I just love this life I just want to date around and I just don't want to settle down I don't want to commit I'm I'm just enjoying every single day I do I enjoy the bad days I enjoy the good days I enjoy I don't enjoy being single you know, like, come on, you know, but I, 
I'm not strictly like, okay, guys, no, I'm putting y'all on hold until I'm 30 and I've like built my empire. You know, I'm not, that's just crazy because life, we want to have to, we want to plan out, have our five-year plan. That's just not practical. You can have a plan and a goal and work towards it, but sometimes things are going to come in and, you know, that guy's going to show up sooner than you thought and it's just going to work. I mean, just, I don't know, chill out. I mean, girls are just, I just, you sit around, you sit around a group of like a table of girls and they're like, oh my God, this guy. And they're just like chitter chatter, chitter chatter about like, the, he doesn't like me. I don't know if he likes me. He doesn't text me. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, everyone's just like, calm. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And like girls who are very accomplished and, and they, they're going to college and they have really good jobs and that, you know, they're really doing good and they still feel this sense of, I'm just not married. So I'm not for some reason, you know, they think life isn't at its peak. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's just enjoying every single day. And I am. I really do enjoy life. <laughs> do you think femi- feminism has hurt men? Yes. I think it's very insulting to men. And that that's... I think we, no matter if you're a male or a female, respect a fellow human being. It really just boils down to that. Whether they're black or they're Mexican or they're white or they're um, from a different country we were so prejudiced and we can be so racist and and I think girls because guys don't think like they do they're like oh my god you know why 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 do you look at it like that you know and I mean I have no clue what goes through guys heads like if I'm like texting a guy and I have to liter- I will have to literally text Zach and be like, what did he mean? <laughs> because I'm like, what is this guy thinking? Because it drives me nuts. Because me as a girl, I'm like, well, this is what I would say. And this is what I would mean. And so then I'll go because like, like or my brother, I'll text my brother or talk to my brother. But like Zach is like a brother. And I'll just be like, what did this guy mean? And he's like, well, he, I think he meant this or he meant this or this is, that's not what he meant or whatever. So you're over there and you're a girl and you're just like all over the place. But you have to respect. And I do respect like guys are different. And that's what makes, I mean, that makes it fun. Like that throws in the, it's like the salt and the pepper, you know, like that's the cool part of it is that we are different and I don't want to be a guy and I don't want a guy to be me. It's interesting. And so, yes, I do think feminism has hurt men. It's um, made, I mean, some men, they get angry and they're like, well, I don't want a feminist like that. And they're, you know, strong about it. And so then they, they don't want women who are in careers because they think, that woman's a feminist or she's gonna act like a feminist or whatever. I mean, is that how, I don't, I don't know. Is that what guys are thinking? I don't know. I mean, I just think that that's how it would appear is like if a girl comes, like if this is what the feminist movement is, is all about a woman having a full-time career, then why would guys? I can't speak for all the guys, but <clears throat> I, I do think every girl that I've ever, or let's say woman, because I'm not a boy, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's growing before our eyes. <laughs> when did this happen? What was your bar mitzvah? Why wasn't I invited? <laughs> I feel like every woman has their own individual view on what feminism even is, which is why I asked you what you thought feminism was. Because I don't think even people. I didn't give a very educated answer. I don't think people agree with what feminism is. Now, let me ask you this, uh, just to kind of challenge your thinking a little bit. What is the good things that feminism have done for women? At first, voting. Um, And I think if this feminist movement doesn't do anything but bring forth equal pay and have us all, the, the female soccer player should get paid if the market 
calls for it to get paid just as much as her male counterparts. So um, I don't know if maybe people watch male soccer games more than they watch female soccer games. I don't know. And that's why they get paid more is because there's more views. There's more attention to that. If, if that's why, then I think you should let the market be the market. Um, that's my libertarian view on it. Um, but if you are unfairly paying a woman simply because she's a woman, that is wrong. And that is not. How do you prove that? How do you prove that there's an institutional discrimination? I don't believe there's I don't believe there's an institutional discrimination. I do not believe that all these men just like rally at this golf course and like, oh my gosh, we're all just gonna not pay the women, you know? <laughs> like I do believe that there are companies who pay their women just as much as the next CEO or the next manager. Um, but there are companies men maybe are angry or maybe there's a man with an insecurity and they don't like women in leadership positions. I do know there are men like Yeah, there are yeah. And so if that is happening, you should not regulate the entire nation just because one company is doing the wrong thing. So you, you shouldn't go in and make all these government regulations and say, oh, you need to pay women equal when they're like, well, we are. You haven't looked at the number. And they do all of these laws into this company, all these regulations. Um, they just look at generalized categories, men to women. But yeah, but just, just make... 20-year-old women, 20-year-old men. Right, and how long that woman has been there and how much she's bringing to the table and stuff like that. But I believe that if... women. Right, right, right. And so, yeah, yeah. And so I think if a woman is bringing just as much to the table and she's worthy of the pay, she should get paid just as much as the man. Yes. So I do believe, and I hope, that this feminist movement would would do that. But other things... um, it's just not really promoting the family. No. Traditional family values. No. Because women women do feel tied down. Yeah. When, when, when a woman is working and she's wanting, she either gave up her career for a family or um, she was not encouraged maybe in her, with her, by her dad or her brothers or whatever to pursue a career, her mom. And she looks back with regret and now she has like five kids and she stays at home and stuff. There, there's a bit of, maybe frustration I mean, I'm not saying all women there are women who stay at home and they're very happy but I can see how that would be um, that would be hard because you're looking back with regret and you're thinking I could have I could have had that career and there, but there are women who they have kids and they're 35 and they go out and get a degree bachelor's degree or master's and they become yeah. lawyers I mean there's our stories like that so I don't think I think if you are in a situation and you regret what your what your past choices were than change i mean if a girl gets married and she has kids and all of a sudden oh i regret i didn't i mean good grief i don't have a degree right now but i'm not gonna sit around and whine about it or blame men oh my dad left now i'm angry at men and i don't have a degree because he left and he he didn't pay for my college or now i I have to pay for my own college you know down men i don't have an attitude towards that i'm just like these are the cards i was dealt and i'm going to do this with it so these girls out there maybe they weren't supported but right now, what are you going to do? And so if there's a woman out there and she's listening to this and she's 35 and she has four kids, see if your finances can work out where you can go get a job or you can go to college or you can take online classes and go do something. What's stopping you? This is America, for God's sakes. Like no one's holding you back. 
there are plenty of female CEOs and there are plenty of female managers and what what you know politicians and startups and all these tech companies that are run by women and started by women you can do it you can do it you you're just choosing to be angry and you're wasting a lot of time <laughs> you're wasting a lot of time just being angry yeah. so I mean these girls who go off and they did the women's march you could have been at home working you know and if you were truly a career woman then stay home and work you know stay you don't don't run off to washington dc and like stay how long was the women's march how long did that go on i mean i know washington dc was a huge thing right after the campaign or whatever but there's a lot of people that participated yeah yeah i'm not gonna even like be like um, well hardly anybody was even over there <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah. should i do my my hillary clinton impersonation i don't have one uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Definitely gonna ask. No, I don't. How do you? I can't. I can't imitate her. No. I don't want to. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I mean, really, girl. I know a lot of girls um, who talk about being feminists, and they will they will make a lot of bad comments about guys. And yet, I they on the flip side, they do a one eighty, and oh, I just want to date. Or they're talking about feminism and they're sitting around at home watching Netflix all day. That bothers me because I'm like, if you're truly a feminist for whatever feminists are, then you would out, be out there pursuing a career, you know, or doing something to to promote feminism. But they're just sitting at home and complaining. And that's when I mean, I don't I don't like complaining at all. I'm like, just do something about it. So yeah. that's across the board, guys and girls. Well, see, that's the thing is like with the um, with STEM and, and education. Um, they statistically show that like um, it's it vastly the majority is men that mm-hmm. go into these types of careers, and so they feel like there's a disparity there. Yeah. Uh, but the the but they think it's caused by discrimination. They yeah exactly. So they feel like if they put these policies in place, that mm-hmm. they're going to mm-hmm. suppress whatever uh, agent is involved that right. it to not occur. And it's all about like what you. It's you choice. Back to it's the choice that you make and the mm-hmm. work ethic that you put into it. Mm-hmm. And in, in today's environment, uh, considering you know that we live in one of the greatest countries in history, right? Like, ever, we still do. You have the. It's still the greatest. MAGA. We're just like. We are like our special. <laughs> we're fired up with patriotism. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, there, there's almost nothing stopping you from achieving any type of goal mm-hmm. that you set for yourself. And I think people want to have something there that represents the reason mm-hmm. they can achieve something. Yeah. You, know, you want to have someone to shift the blame. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so. it just goes back to that, that woman that's, you know, yeah. just watching Netflix. She wants to be better represented in her shows. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of arbitrary. You know, like, okay, well, I don't see enough... Uh, female protagonists so mm-hmm. we have to go and march and, and make sure that hollywood changes so we see yeah. more of that and it's like or why aren't there more female female leads in war movies yeah well if it's a historical war movie well i mean there wasn't women right fighting in the war unless, right and maybe 20 years down the road there will be a movie made about a I would love female to watch a movie about the general Russian female snipers oh yeah oh my they gosh just so elite i, I think they, they killed like hundreds of people. Golly. They were just. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go find Josh, a Russian sniper. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you go to Russia and there's like an old lady just like, 
you know, little, you know, mm-hmm. scarf. And yeah. Just walking around. Yeah. All of a sudden she pulls out a... Her, yeah. <laughs> she, she was a sniper, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that is cool. Oh. I like those stories. But... So, um, where we at? Now we're in 26 minutes. Awesome. Wow. I felt like we breezed through that. It was really a lot. It goes by very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't realize it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We got, what else we want to go over? Um, anything else you want to kind of tell us about yourself that is interesting? What are your hobbies? Oh my gosh, I need one. Like, if y'all have any suggestions, I was going to take up kickboxing because I need a hobby because I don't have hobbies. Well, there you go. There's an idea. I don't. Kickboxing, kickboxing. I, I, Gianna, what? Gianna, my sis, little sister is sitting over here. What is my hobby? <laughs> Drinking coffee. <laughs> Drinking coffee. <laughs> it's uh, not. Coffee no, but I need something that just right. I jog. Um. I work out intensely because it helps to relieve stress or tension. Yeah, like, no, I mean, I have to do something high cardio or a, like, really, really um, intense. Like, I do bar, I do ballet um, because I have to do that for stress reasons and because I have a lot of, like, contained energy. But hobbies, I do like playing soccer when we have a game. I love reading, love reading. And... Um, I read a lot, like the news and stuff, but um, I can't say I have a lot of hobbies. Um, I consider CrossFit. <laughs> oh no, I hate CrossFit. It's so bad for you. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to look like a female Hulk. <laughs> I mean, I try to. I try. I know, a female empowerment. Um, but no, I, I I do ballet because I wanna I want to be lean but I do not want to bulk up. I do not want to be this powerlifting female. I do, that is yeah. not what I aspire to at all. And and it, with all that German blood in me, I could seriously bulk up and that scares me. <laughs> it scares me. So, yeah. I want to like I was wor- I was working my arms for a while and I was doing like like these weightlifting and I have this really nice blazer that I like and so my muscles were getting bigger and I couldn't fit into the blazer and I was like no so I stopped I stopped <laughs> because I really I really like the blazer <laughs> I'm really no it was like a really cute bla- it was like a <laughs> it was a cute blazer from Ann Taylor and I was like I can't part with this so I either part with the weights or I part with the blazer and the blazer came first <laughs> So I, I don't do heavy lifting and I have, I have a cousin from Austin and she does CrossFit and I'm going to see her Friday, uh, Wednesday and she wants me to do CrossFit with her and I will try it, but I would not do it long term because I could. It's actually dangerous for you. It is. Yeah. And you're pushing your body to to like like point. It's complete. Yeah. 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 And I talk to military people and on their like routine jogs or what, just two miles and these girls who run these marathons i did run a 5k i did and yeah and that's 5k is three miles and maybe that's not a huge accomplishment to some people who run those marathons but that was big for me because when i started jogging i hated jogging hated it so i've actually worked my way up to be able to run a 5k and that's a huge accomplishment for me so i'm really happy about that what's this business about uh, the runner's high have you haven't gotten a runner's high 
There is a runner's high. Is there? There is. Okay, so my jogging route. No, 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 no. You ha- you have to find, but you have to find. Okay, you have to dress the like. You have to wear the clothes, and you have to like get into it. So like, I think it's like I go buy out like a really like slaying like workout outfit, and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then you, no, 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 no. Okay, and then you listen to. <laughs> so then like, you're like completely clad in Nike. And then this is not a Nike endorsement at all, but you completely clad in Nike and you take off like I take off at like seven o'clock in the morning on weekends and you have a like a really like awesome playlist and you just take off and you do a warm up. So I do like a little warm up. I do like a slow jog and then like you can break out into like a high run and that's your runner's high when like you're just like you can feel your muscles and you can just I love that. I like I love post workout like the next day and I'm wearing heels to work and I can just like feel the muscles in my calves. Is that like a really like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like you can just like, you like, you're like hitting the ground. Your legs are like steel. Just, I don't know. <laughs> That's just like, I don't know. I'm just trying to lift weights more. And I like the feeling of soreness. Like, hey, I did something. What's weird? I'm sorry. like, you you your body feels challenged yeah and you feel like like i've gotten to this point where my arms yeah Yeah. well i mean i don't yeah i don't know but like i've gotten to this point i've been doing i i do not (laughs) (laughs) no but it feels it feels good and i i don't just work out for like i don't jog because it's trendy or whatever but i i i love a high cardio because of just the way it makes you feel like it feels yeah. good like the after yeah like the just like i don't know that that feeling of your body being fully charged is just yeah. I, taking your body <clears throat> to the full max yeah, yeah. true <laughs> but like, but like right before work right before work i'll take off on a jog and like all day long i'm just charged yeah. and that's i don't know i think i think you to begin your day with something like that that's yeah, the closest it's a great I got start. to a runner's high was uh, traveling up my flight of stairs, so third floor, uh, carrying crispy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That should be a meme. <laughs> yeah. like, that's is just this what they talked about. That the should be a meme. Runner's high. Okay, that's funny. No, but but I'm just I I don't know. It's it's more this. I don't know what part of it's my personality to just take on things I don't like. Yeah. And so I, I know, isn't that crazy? But like, if I see something and someone's like, oh, that's just not your personality or you wouldn't be a good jogger. I'm like, I'm going to go jog. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like defiance. I hate that. But it's like, it's like with, or, or me when I think I can't do something, I'm like, oh my God, I can never run a 5k. I have to go run a 5k. So it's like, it's like instantly my brain starts telling me you could never accomplish that or you could never do that. I instantly like gravitate towards that. So instead of me doing something that's like super like, oh, like yoga, which I do do yoga too. But like, oh yoga do yoga i'll go out and just like run i don't know it's i just have to do what is hard to do and like 5k do what's hard hard. and like 5k's was like hard for me yeah Yeah. are y'all on twitter i love twitter twitter's so good they need to do a new twitter but not twitter like they need to start something like that and get it like revved up yeah but like i love those no but i love when i love when people like on facebook will like put in a like a really short sentence like one sentence but they like get everything said 
and it's just like I just want to like it because I'm like that was really related, sharp or that was witty or like, you know related to what like an opinion or J- yeah just like an opinion or or maybe the, like a funny like something funny like comedy or I like, politics I like or, something funny and like just something that you're doing today but when it's opinion like I feel like mm, you have to expound like mm, I need ah uh, yeah but you do. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> you do. <laughs> there are some people out there, Josh, who can say yeah, things. People screenshot tweets, and I'm like, well, you're leaving a lot of information out, you know. And that's like that's Gianna. That's Gianna, because I'll show her a tweet, and I'm like, oh, look, I just tweeted this. There's memes, and it's literally there, so you can like dunk on the liberals or something like that. But it yeah. starts it up though, so you put something out there, and someone's yeah. like, what? It's like Kofifi. <laughs> yeah, but like everyone was like, "What the heck?" and it just started this whole yeah, thing. Like, and it just started a conversation. I'm a skeptic of Twitter diplomacy too. I'm just gonna like tweet super and everyone's just gonna be like, "What?" I really don't like how the president has so much power. Where if you tweet something, it's like Kofifi, and like Coca Cola goes down by twenty points. They're like, "Is that like a new stuff?" Twitter now. Oh my god! Gosh, that guy's powerful. There's just a new company, Seriously. Everyone stopped watching Netflix and now they're on Twitter. That's awesome. It sounds like a really cool coffee, Kofifi. I want to drink that in the morning. I want to drink Kofifi. Yeah, just a company called And it'd be a bunch of Republicans. You wouldn't even have any Democrats in there. That'd be like really bad for business. I feel like. I feel like Democrats drink. Like, like open it in Mississippi. I think. I, th- yeah. I think Democrats call <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Oh no! Because when I went to New York, the coffee there was not as good as the coffee in Texas. Really? Here in San Antonio, the coffee is better. When I went to New York, wow, the only I know, no, it's true. Yeah. When I tried as many coffee shops as I could in the four days I was in New York, and there are there is better coffee here. Because we're we're Texans, we do things slowly and carefully, and we make our espresso so slow. And New York, you're going so fast. I, don't, I feel like they don't even have taste buds. Like you don't even taste your food. You're just like swallowing it. So they just want the caffeine. Well, they're just ingesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going so high. You're like that was they bad coffee. Did, I didn't yeah, notice. Like just, yeah. Increasing their health points. Yeah. They're like the faster you can make the coffee, the better. Yeah. But seriously, I mean, I go to coffee shops here in Texas, and they take. 20 minutes to make my my latte. I mean, I appreciate that they're putting that much thought into it, but I mean, I have to go to work, so can you hurry? We're closer to our resources, too, aren't we? I mean, I don't know if that plays any factor. Oh, like South York, America. Yeah. 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 They, uh, yeah. So we have, like, a better relationship. Or well, that, we grow you know. our coffee beans in Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that, too. Well, no, nothing, nothing grows in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> well, a tree grows in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, but... Never mind. I mean, That's a book, by the way. I think we talked on a prior episode about gardens and like skyscrapers where they use UV oh, yeah. light. Yeah. Yeah, there's a company. I think they're doing the best they can with what they have. Urban agriculture. I actually like that. Um, I don't know if you've <clears> heard about that, but they're they're using old, um, one of those like giant containers, the shipping containers. Yeah. And Amaz- yeah. They're refurbishing them to be like to be homes. Well, that that one for homes, but here in New York, and, and not here in New York. Here in New York. Ooh, awesome, in awesome! Times Square yeah. <laughs> at an no Airbnb. Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you are great. Yeah. Oh, but they have these little gardens that they put in the shipping containers mm-hmm. because obviously, where are you going to garden in New York? 
Yeah. So they're, they're like lining all these uh, buildings now. Yeah. Um, and they use like UV light. So mm-hmm. like you walk into it, it looks like you're going into like a rave with plants. That's cool. It's actually pretty cool. That's cool. <laughs> I, lo- I love New York. I want to move there one day. I just want to, I just want to try it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. When I went to New York, I was just like, these people are so darn focused. And when we came back from New York and you step off into the Austin airport, it's like everyone's going backwards because they're going so slow. And you, it's almost like you step off the plane and you're still at top speed and everyone else is going really slow and they're all looking at you like, why are you in such a hurry? And it's just, I don't know. I, I loved New York. I would, what's your, seriously. What's your favorite city? New York? Is that your favorite place like, of all time? Like, well, I haven't been to a lot of cities. I, I love San Antonio. But I really, I would live in New York for a time. New York? You would live in New York? Yeah. I would, if I stay single and for a long time and I can build up real estate, I would just take off to New York for like a year. uh, Barbara Barbara Corcoran. (laughs) She's really cool. I've listened to her too. I don't know who that is. She's the owner. She's on Shark Tank. She's the owner of the Corcoran group. They shoot. She's the Shark Tank lady. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I don't know how to spell Cor- it. Cor-C-O-R. It'll come up. Adam, didn't you want to be like an English teacher? Yeah. Corcoran. C-O-R. Just C-O-R. Josh. Oh, it's my keyboard. Yeah, so there she is. But no, that's not what I aspire to be. But if that happens, that would be awesome. But I would live I would live in New York for like as long as I could. I don't know. A year. Oh, well, I mean. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> she, wow. She's a millionaire. Who cares what she looks like? <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't care. <laughs> She's like, are you making as much as me? But yeah, I would try New York. I would. I would so definitely. Like your dream <laughs> setup, if God approves. I like how you preface that. Yeah. If, it's, if, if, if the Lord wills it, what yeah. would you do? What shalt thou do with thou's life? <laughs> that sounded really bad. <laughs> you can tell I don't read Shakespeare. Um, you would be a real estate agent in New York City, in Manhattan. I don't know where my career is going, but I would love to do development. So like if I were a real estate agent in New York and I work for a developer and I sell his apartments, that would be awesome. If I develop my own, that would be awesomer. <laughs> but but, but I, I know. <laughs> I'm talking like Trump, so I must be getting there. Um, but anyway, no, I would, I would like to do that. I would like to invest in different properties around the world and have pieces of property around the world. I don't know. I just, yeah, I love traveling. I like, she wants a global empire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Just like spots of the globe. On the after church podcast. (laughs) I didn't think I'd be on a podcast this soon in life. (laughs) I'm very honored. But no, no, I would try. I would try anything actually just for once. But I would I would definitely do. I didn't think I would fit in with New York when I first went. Like before I started, I had like butterflies before I first like went to New York and I was like in the plane. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to like, they're going to trample me over there. And then like you get there and you're just like, oh my, I'm just like keeping up with this guy who's like in a suit and he's rushing to work. And I'm like at his pace. I'm like, you know, I don't know. It was just like, I loved the energy of that place. I was in Chicago and there was this guy, um, we were walking down the street and there's this guy with a suit, a briefcase. He had like Dr. Dre beats. He was just and the stereotype. Like, yeah. I just felt like he, he just closed mm. a sick deal and he's listening yeah. to Jay Z. <laughs> 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 
I want to be you. I want to be you. No, but those people are just, they're focused and they just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I like the New York people. I like the New York vibes. And I kind of was sad coming back to Texas and just the lack of skyline. Yeah, just like the lack of it. Like Dallas is gorgeous. Houston, Austin. I don't. I don't like Houston. Austin's Austin and Austin and Dallas are very pretty. Houston is more old-fashioned skyscrapers. Like Austin is booming, and they're keeping up with everything that's going like trending, and they're doing really well. I think San Antonio could eventually get there. I see a lot. There's a lot of development. There is a lot. San Antonio is a great place to start a business. It's a great place for these, like Amazon moving wanting to move their headquarters. Um, yeah, and and Microsoft. We have a big Microsoft. Um, I don't know what you call it, like a the data center. Yeah, a data center here, and we we have. Yeah, but it's a great place to do business. I think um, San Antonio is. The company I work for actually came from California, and it's just businesses are migrating to these different markets. And San Antonio is just like one of those places. Yeah. It was just yeah. really beneficial and, for them to start. And I, I think they said 80,000 people are fleeing New York and California for these. These, and of course, they're not all going to. They're not all going to come to Texas, but they're fleeing these these um, states where the taxes are so high for the states that don't have the high taxes. What does that say about Texas? What does that say about real estate, though? What does that say about real estate, though? Is is real estate prices are going to go high, go up? There's low supply right now. Builders are not building because of high construction costs. Um, so you're looking down the line. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like if you drive around, you just have to have your eyes open. And for people who aren't really looking for it, they're just like, oh, that's just an ugly piece of land. And there's like this crane on. There. I don't know what they're doing over there, you know. But me, I'm just like all in it, and I'm just like, there's a crane going up over there, and there's an empty lot over there, and there's apartments going up. Do you imagine what the, it's going to do to property values right now? And that's just me and my drive. Like you, if you want to live in Almost Park and you can afford it, or if you want to live in Southtown, or if you want to live in um, King William, get in there right now. I mean, of course, don't go, you know, slap down on a 500,000 house if you can't afford it. But if you can and you want to be there, or you want to get a starter home get in there because real estate's only going to go up in san antonio it is not going down so if people think oh i'm just going to wait until the market cools or whatever maybe we'll get into a recession like 2008 but a recession if people look at a recession yeah. is not a recession is not even across the board a recession may hit new york but it doesn't mean it's going to hit texas like we could be booming in texas and they could be really bad in new york real estate could be really bad um but no san antonio is only going up and what i really envision is the land south of, of San Antonio, south of, of, of military. Everyone says military is like ghetto. Oh, I don't, don't want to live in military. I don't want to. But if the land on the south of military got developed and then the Pearl and Lone Star Brewery, which was bought and then they foreclosed twice. Yeah, they got foreclosed on. But if Lone Star Brewery developed and then it just meets in the middle, military could be big. And that's like long, long term. That if someone bought all that land south of military, I could see it like meeting in the center and just shoom, like here. Yeah. And maybe it's not right now, but you, you have to be able to see like the potential. You can't just look at an ugly piece of undeveloped land and be like, oh, that's gross. I don't want to live there. I, I mean, there is stuff happening. When I drove down to King William, there is small scale multifamily homes going up, uh, apartment complexes, but it's slow but it's getting there and 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 
and the pearl is really it really started it it really did the pearl attracts the hotel emma has been in major magazines architectural digest and and us weekly got voted one of the top um, hotels in the nation and for san antonio's just aren't looking at it like that they see san antonio for what san antonio was and i mean i'm not saying not a lot of people are not everyone's looking at it like that but i see san antonio as like way more just way more and that's what excites me about living here is that we're not there but we have that potential so it's almost like that underdog like ugly city that no one really cares about so that's where you want to be is like where no one is yet yeah. you know you want you want to be like looking at that piece of property and no one else is looking at it and you're like oh i want that one mm-hmm. and then you just hold it and maybe you develop it or you sell it or whatever you want to do but there are apartments and it's called the soho commons and they are going up um right there where I where I live and it's going to be a whole strip of land and there are homes there and I guess the developer could not buy out those homes but these little junky homes are worth a lot of money and those people sitting on it are sitting on like million dollar development pieces like your home is worth way more and if those developers can get in and they can get those homes I don't I don't know I mean I just think it's I went to a commercial real estate seminar at the Pearl uh, stable it was very, very interesting. Like that's that's what I want to do. I don't want to do residential for the rest of my life, but I, I just want to stay in real estate. But development is is awesome to me. So yeah, I mean, there's just, I don't know. San Antonio is, is is really awesome. New York is extremely competitive, of course, um, and that would be something you'd have to just have the drive, I think, to be there, the determination that you're gonna you're gonna make it. But I think do I, I get on the the brokers websites in new york and it's just those I, I wish san antonio was an apartment city it's not because i love apartment living i love uh, not not just renting when people oh i don't like apartments because you're renting and you don't have an investment i cannot wait until san antonio gets to the point where there are so many apartments going up but you can buy them because i would buy an apartment and live in it yeah i love apartment living yeah so i mean downtown has several on the market the the soho commons is going to be starting at 685 like it's already on the market but it's not built yet so they do that people like pre-buy almost like a movie you know yeah yeah like pre-order so it's it's really neat san antonio is going places i love this place (laughs) i do (laughs) so i'm excited thank you so much jocelyn for coming on well thank you for thank you for inviting me it was fun enjoyed this yeah it was fun Definitely. And I don't, definitely don't talk about it in real life. I know nothing about anything we just heard. <laughs> so I just You're like, fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yes, yes, I understand you. Yeah. If, if y'all would actually see us, we're just kind of sitting back, just like, trying to process. I'm just absorbing. I'm no, like, I love talking about this stuff. And when I don't, and like I live alone, and so I go all week, and I don't get to talk to someone about it. I just like all like and when someone asks me about real estate or they ask me about business I'm just like ah oh, and I just like blah, blah, blah. and so I just like start talking 90 to nothing like Gianna usually gets the, the brunt of it but yeah. <laughs> when I see her I'm like oh, I want to tell you this yeah. so but thank you I, I this uh, has been fun all right if somebody wanted to follow you on social media how would they find you oh type in either Jocelyn Mendez or my username is joe so it's underscore joe under no underscore j underscore o underscore e because i couldn't take joe it was already taken just like j-o-e but joe is what my nephew calls me aunt joe and then everyone started calling me joe so that's cool yeah so you can see the yeah you can see all the homes that i go and do open houses on and stuff promoting self-promotion 
<laughs> so. All right, guys. Uh, like our Instagram page at the After Church Podcast. Um, subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Do it now. Uh, please leave reviews. Um, please uh, message us on social media or or on our email at um, or what is it the After Church the After Church Podcast, podcast at gmail.com. Oh, you'll have an email. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, so many ways you can reach What's us. email? <laughs> what is this email? Yeah, chat, chat with us. Like, hey, if you got some ideas about the topics we talked about, we'd love to have you on. Uh, we'd love to uh, get some feedback from y'all, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, about what we can do better or what we need to keep doing. Um, which guests y'all like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, anything awesome. else? No, I think you got it all. Alrighty, guys. Have a good one. Be the CEO that you want to marry. (laughs) (laughs) Be the CEO your parents always wanted you to marry. Oh. Be the CEO. (laughs) 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 That's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) 